All right, friends, it's Bob France, and as you know by now, I am not in this week, and I want to say thank you so much to Khalid Namar and Rob Walgate for taking us through the week so far. And now to wrap up the work week, a very special treat for you. Not too many people in this country can say that their fill-in host is one of the most recognizable conservative voices in America. From television to radio to his tremendous work in Washington, D.C. on the Civil Rights Commission, I give you none other than the brilliant Peter Kersenow. Peter? Don't make me look too bad with your brilliance, my friend. Thank you so much. Take it away. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Good morning, Cleveland, the best location in the nation, home to the smartest, fastest, most industrious, and best-looking people on the planet. This is the Bob France Authority, Pete Kersnow, substituting for Bob France. Regular listeners know that I'm Bob's usual Tuesday 10 a.m. guest, and based on the intro, very generous intro Bob just gave to me, I wasn't, re- I didn't realize he's been a friend of mine for quite some time. I didn't think he was given to hallucinogens, but nonetheless, appreciate that fine introduction. Um, a lawyer, member of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, as Bob indicated, former member of the allegedly defunct 1776 Commission that was established by President Trump and decommissioned by President Biden, although the 1776 Commission, unfortunately for President Biden, is still continuing to function. In fact, we met just last week to continue our work, and we're producing reports and initiatives to counter the ahistorical lunacy pervading much of the Biden administration. And let's face it, academia, the media, it seems to have taken hold of our culture But uh, we're still battling hard to rectify all of the misleading errors, lies, you name it, that seems to be undergirding much of where the culture is going, where the Biden administration is going, definitely. I'm also an author and um, regular contributor to National Review, appear on Salem shows from Larry Elder to Hugh Hewitt, and I'm on many of the Fox programs. The telephone number. If you care to engage in a conversation, is 888-281-1110 or 901-0945. I'm going to say that again because I really do hope you'll call in. Last time I was on the show, uh, unfortunately, 
we didn't have enough time. I asked a question that I'll get into in just a second, and boy, the phone lines lit up. Again, 888-281-1110 or 901-0945. That 901-0945 is a 216 prefix. At the top of the next hour, that's the 10 o'clock hour, we'll be talking to John Stover, Ohio Values Voters, about what's transpiring in Ohio schools from the standpoint of critical race theory, sex education, political indoctrination generally. And for those of you who have been paying attention, it is truly alarming what's going on in our schools today. Uh, U.S. schools generally are frankly, falling behind, dangerously behind those of other nations in the disciplines of math, reading, science. I mean, the types of things that schools are supposed to teach our children. For example, in 1967, if I've got this correctly, I may be off by maybe one or two digits, but pretty much on the mark. I've got a decent memory for these things. For example, in 1967, the U.S. ranked 11th. That's 11th. Now, that's only, that's 50 years ago we ranked 11th in math. Now, that's an important discipline, obviously. Today, the United States of America, the greatest nation in the history of the earth, has fallen to 36th out of 79 countries analyzed by the Program for International Student Assessment. In other words, we're in the middle of the pack. We're not at the top. We're at the middle of the pack, a paltry 36th out of 79 countries. That's how far we've fallen. We're also doing poorly in reading and in science. Our numbers have fallen in those categories also. But do not fear. Do not fear. Our students are becoming experts on oppression, real or perceived, grievance, preferred pronouns, and all matter of exotic sexual practices. We're going to be great in those things. Unfortunately, the Chinese are eating our lunch in math, reading, and science. They're leaping by, by I mean, they're bounding beyond where we have been, and they have been stealing technology from us. They have been purchasing technology, unfortunately, from many of our companies that simply like to hand over things to what is by far our most dangerous adversary right now. It's an existential threat. Many have noted it as such. Unfortunately, our president is compromised by them. We'll be talking about that shortly. At 10.30, after we talk to John Stover, we'll be talking to Denise Harley, one of our friends from Alliance Defending Freedom, about transgender high school athletes, specifically the case of Seoul versus Connecticut. Now, I know some of you have heard about the case. Some of you are familiar with the nature of the jurisprudence that we're going to be talking about. That is, there have been a number of cases that have been filed, uh, several by the Alliance Defending Freedom, challenging the proliferating practice in the various states to allow biological males to compete against females. Now, people with, you know, some semblance of common sense understand both rationally and intuitively that that's nuts. Having a male, I don't care if he's dressed up as a female, having a male compete against a female invites unfairness invites obliteration in most cases it's it's just uh, it, the, the party of the alleged 
party of science denies science constantly. And we don't have to even invoke science. This is, this is something that doesn't require an Einstein to figure out, frankly. This is common sense. Yet we seem, in the last several years, to completely abandon our senses to the detriment of society as a whole and to the detriment, most profoundly, of our children. So we're going to be talking to Denise Harley, again, of the Alliance Defending Freedom, about that pending case and other matters, if we have time, related to uh, the transgender ideology that's on the march throughout uh, the country. Now, that the, the case of Seoul versus Connecticut, it was brought by four outstanding high school female track athletes who were challenging the state of Connecticut's policy uh, of permitting biological males to participate as indicated against females in track. The girls who brought the suit were the fastest female runners in the state of Connecticut, but when just two biological males decided to compete against the girls in the sprint categories, they obliterated all of the standing female dash records out there, just completely obliterated them. And as a result, the biological girls, the outstanding athletes who are girls, missed out on a number of opportunities. Just, you don't even have to think about missing out on scholarship opportunities. We all have been through high school, and remember there are certain critical stages in high school. It may not necessarily be sports. There are certain critical stages in in life, in youth. And these individuals had worked extremely hard to get where they were, and they were denied the opportunity to stand on a victory stage. Sounds like a small thing, but it's not. All of us when we were in high school understood those little things help form your character, your personality, and they're just great memories to have, even if you don't win, if you, even if you're not at the level of these girls it's important to be acknowledged for your efforts. Yet they have strived so hard to be the best they can be, and then the sheer and utter unfairness of having, frankly, it was a mediocre black, uh, 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 biological male or two biological males. Had those males competed against other males, they would have been obliterated, but they decided to over, just shift over to the female category, and boom, they're setting records all over the place. And the biological females, as a result, were deprived of those great memories, those great emotional opportunities, but more tangibly, scholarship opportunities as a result, because they were among the best there were. So this hour, however, after we, again, next hour, we're going to be talking to John Stover, Denise Harley, but this hour is going to be reserved solely for your calls. And the reason, as I said at the outset, is last time when I asked a certain question, the lines lit up and we weren't able to get to anybody. We got, we got to a number of people, but a lot of people were left-handing. So this hour is for your calls and my bloviating. Last time Bob had the poor judgment to allow me to guest host, I asked this question that blew up the phone lines. In fact, we could only get the fraction of the callers in and wound up leaving several of you hanging because of the insufficient time. Because the question obviously struck a nerve, I decided uh, as I was contemplating what we were going to do today to repeat the question to give many of you an opportunity to answer it. And then I'm going to ask a second related one. 
And the questions are as follows. Again, this entire hour is going to be devoted to your calls on these questions. So ready? Here they are. Number one, this is the question I posed before. What is the greatest threat to America today? What's the greatest threat to America today? We got a number of superb responses last time, but we just really, I think, um, skimmed the surface. Many of you had just tremendous responses with respect to, you know, communism, and um, some people were talking about critical race theory, but there are a whole host of responses, some of which I hadn't thought of. I had my own ideas as to what the greatest threat was, but uh, it sparked a great conversation. We only got through maybe 10% of what we could have gotten, should have gotten through, and so we're going to talk about what is the greatest threat to America today. Is it China? Is it climate change? Is it big media and their mendacity that we've seen over the last several years? Is it illegal immigration? Now we see, to no one's surprise who gave any thought to this, no sentient being would have thought that terrorists wouldn't exploit our open border. But now DHS, even with the Biden administration, they've been able to get information out to show that, yeah, they've been nabbing suspected terrorists at the border. Of course, when you don't enforce the border, it's not simply illegal immigrants that are coming across. Terrorists are going to say, hey, guess what? This is the best entree to our primary target, our ultimate target in the world. So they're flowing across the border, and we have no idea who they are, where they're coming from, or where they're going. We may be able to nab one or two here or there, but when hundreds of thousands are flowing across our allegedly closed border, according to Mayorkas of DHS. Well, uh, uh, a not insignificant number of those folks are going to be people who want to do us harm because there's no shortage of people who would like to do that. So what is the greatest threat to America today? And then the second question, it's related, is who is the greatest threat to America today? Who's the biggest fraud? And, and again, frauds aren't necessarily threats, but in order to kind of give you the context, you don't have to necessarily limit to somebody who is a, an overt danger to the United States of America. It could be somebody who is a fraud, somebody who is a pimple on America's derriere, so to speak. Is it AOC? Is it Pelosi? Is it Adam Schiff? tech oligarchs, an athlete, TV or movie personalities, an author? Is it the esteemed Dr. Fauci, for example? You know, uh, I think it was a few years ago when Keith Olbermann, okay, don't boo or anything to yourself. I know we're not big fans of Keith Olbermann, but Keith Olbermann had a, a show on, I think it was MSNBC, and I didn't watch it. In fact, I didn't see one second of it, but through the ether, it became very uh, apparent that he had this meme where he talked about the, um, I think it was he called it the worst person in the world or worst person on earth. This is kind of like that. Okay, I'm going to kind of steal that. Who is the greatest threat? Who is the worst person in the United States of America? And I prefer to limit it to Ameri- Americans who may be the greatest threat to America but it's open-ended. If you want to say it's you know, President Xi of China, if it's somebody else, if it's, uh, you know, one of the, uh, if it's the Ayatollah of Iran, go for it. So that's another question. Again, what is the greatest threat and who is the greatest threat? We have learned over the last few weeks something that most 
conservatives, I think, intuitively believed the first time they saw him. And I, I, I would say I, I, I'm going to kind of be restrained in what I'm saying, but I recall the first couple of times I saw Dr. Fauci on the public stage. And it's not that I'm particularly prescient, because I bet you a lot of you had the same kind of instinct about him. But from the very beginning, I didn't trust him. I can't put my finger on why it was that I didn't trust him, but I didn't trust him. And I told everybody I, I that would listen that I don't trust the guy, and we should listen very carefully to what he has to say. Because I think even if you weren't watching him very closely, if you heard some of the disparate comments he would make from time to time, you would notice that they shifted. You would notice that there was an inconsistency. You notice that some parts of it were implausible. And um, now we know that these emails were just released that verified, confirmed our uh, suspicions, our distrust of him. And we'll talk about that a little bit. And if you want to make that one of uh, the aspects of the worst person in the world, feel free to do so. Anyway, great show. Uh, we'll be coming back to you just shortly. We're going to be going to a break, and then we're going to your phone calls. We already got phone lines lit up. Please get on board. We're going to have enough time to get to most of you, I think. And then at 10 o'clock, we'll start getting to guests. But again, for the balance of this hour, it's your phone calls. Biggest threat to the United States and the biggest jerk that you can think of in the United States. Bob France Authority, Pete Kirsten now substituting for Bob France. It's Friday. We're going to be rocking and rolling. It's the Bob France Authority. Pete Kersenow substituting for Bob France, who again is risking his FCC license by allowing me to substitute. I'm just really happy to be here to talk to the best-looking people on the face of the planet. We're talking about the greatest threat to America and the greatest per- the, the person who may be the greatest threat to America. It's just the worst person in the world. I want to take at least one call before the break. We've got a number of calls lined up already. I knew it would spark a great response. We're going to go to Nancy from Cleveland. Nancy, are you there? Hi, Peter. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm talking to a rock star. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix here. Uh, yeah, I, I prefer 80s heavy metal, but anyway. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm a public school teacher. I appreciate your efforts 100% with the 1776, the National Review, and I know you've been working closely with uh, a parent from a district I work in. I will not mention his name, but um, I just appreciate everything you have done. Thank you um, very much. To answer, to answer your question, what is the greatest threat? That's a very difficult question, but I, if I had to narrow it down, I would say the mainstream media. Um, and through that, I mean, well, let me let me take a step back. Indoctrination, and I think that happens through the mainstream media and then schools. So that, that's what I think the greatest threat Yeah, Nancy, first country. of all, thanks very much for being a public school teacher. We have so many great public school teachers. I know that a lot of times public school teachers are kind of, you know, they get, they get short shrift. Some of that's because of some of the public faces that are, are being put forth in terms of representing some school teachers during the pandemic. But 
Thanks very much. It's great and endearing and enlightening and encouraging to know that someone like you is a public school teacher. I thought, for example, when I first posed this question, that maybe critical race theory was one of the biggest threats. But someone did pose last time or made the suggestion of the mainstream media because so many falsehoods have been perpetrated. Think of some of the biggest issues of the last year, and they've all turned out to be false because the media simply didn't get it wrong. They overtly lied. I'm an old man now, and I don't remember, I remember the media always being biased, and the bias became much more pronounced over the years, especially during the Obama administration and went off the charts. It went one way during the Obama administration, see no evil, hear no evil, and then during the Trump administration, they manufactured things to be upset about. They told us overt lies. It's the first time in my memory that I, that I could think of when the media, with malice aforethought, would try to spread lies and disinformation, like they like to call it. And the disinformation, for example, the Russia conspiracy, one of the greatest conspiracies of all time, but it was going in the opposite direction. We had organs of government that were conspiring to stage, let's face it, this is not hyperbole, a coup. Stunning, and yet all we were entitled to hear about from the media was Russia, 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 and Trump's alleged relationship to Russia. And now we have just conclusive evidence of a relationship between Biden, or at least his um, son, with many very strong implications that Biden himself had a relationship with the Communist Party of China, and yet crickets. In fact, they buried the Biden story, which polls showed, had voters been aware of it, would have tip the election decisively in Trump's favor, regardless of what you think the uh, the, the electoral outcome was in terms of votes. Uh, Nancy, thanks very much. That was a great response. We're going to be going to MJ, TJ, and a bunch of other folks after the break, and we're going to be talking about greatest threat to America and the worst person in the world. Please be aware, you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Good morning, Cleveland. This is Pete Chris now substituting for Bob France and the Bob France Authority. One of the reasons why I jump at the chance whenever Bob asks me to sub for him is because we have got the greatest engineers and personnel at WHK who play the best bumper music like Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. We are talking about today the greatest threat to America and the biggest jerk in America today. And we've got a number of people on hold. I think we're going to be able to get to all of you. Next up is MJ from Independence. MJ, you there? I'm here. Thanks, Pete. Um, I saw uh, audio and video of um, Dr. Fauci saying that there was going to be a release of a viral um, infection very soon, and nobody seems to be replaying it. Wow. Do you I, recall that? No, I don't. I, I don't remember seeing that. And where did you see that played? Well, I saw it on Fox, because that's where I saw it, but it seemed to have disappeared. Otherwise, I would have 
like saved us. Wow, that that is that is really a very interesting thing, and one of the reasons why we have a tendency to believe such things is because we have gotten so cynical due to the failures and the outright falsehoods perpetrated by many of our major institutions. We were talking before the break about the media and its failures and outright mendacity when it came to Trump, when it came to the election, when it came to the coronavirus and its origins. Just in the last week, MJ, as you know, we had, or at least we can have the release of the Fauci emails, which put the lie to much of what he was saying a year ago. And as I said before the break, I didn't trust the guy from the very beginning. And it's not that I'm necessarily, as I said, prescient or anything. I think many of us didn't trust him because he was all over the map. And he was saying things that intuitively, intuitively made no sense. If you've been on this earth for more than 15 seconds, some of the things just didn't compute. And I, we, I think some of us had the sense that he wanted to, you know, me thinks he doth protest too much or me, he protests too much, me thinks. Uh, the old Shakespeare line, he was always denying that he was trying to undermine Trump, which I think for many of us just rang false. But nonetheless, we see the release of these these emails that show so many conflicts of interest, and they are not minor conflicts, and then it implicates others within the healthcare establishment. And it seems like the overriding objective, correct me if I'm wrong, folks out there, and you know I'm going to be talking to TJ next, but correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed to me that the objective last year had more to do with undermining and defeating Trump than it did with pre- preserving and protecting public health. And we saw that because they, when Trump said, hey, you know, uh, maybe this hydroxychloroquine may work. Automatically, that became a poison. Everyone came out, not everyone, but a lot of people came out and said, oh my goodness, this is fantasy. We can't do this stuff. This thing is harmful. He shouldn't be talking about that. Then um, there was another drug. I, I don't remember the name of it, frankly, and I apologize for that. Invermectin. Uh, I didn't pay close enough attention to it. He talks about that. Then they told lies about what he was saying in terms of drinking bleach and everything else of that nature. And then he's, they said he was a xenophobe and a racist for suggesting that the virus came from China and it was China's fault. Remember that? And he had a so-called travel ban from China. And they were up in arms about that. The U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, on which I sit, majority liberals, issued a statement to which I dissented, calling all those statements, you know, um, um, uh, racist, and um, I don't recall what the other name was that they used for it, but condemning Trump's statement related to that. Now, what do we have? We have St. Biden issuing a travel ban against India. Crickets. Don't hear a thing. Well, India is in Asia. He issues a travel ban, and no one says anything about it being racist or anti-Indian. No one, of course. But we've seen public policy be subordinated to political imperative. Defeating Trump seemed to be the overriding imperative of the day. So, uh, again, Dr. Fauci, a lot of people are doing close study of the statements he's made, the connections he's had with respect to funding, some of the gain-of-function research, which, again, 
I guess scientifically, on a pure scientific basis, I could see a plausible explanation for doing that. In other words, to try to figure out countermeasures to a virus by enhancing that virus. But my goodness, it also seems at the same time to be extraordinarily boneheaded. And what we see now is, after deaths of millions worldwide, trillions upon trillions of dollars of economic damage, and now we see everybody running for cover, you wonder about the advisability of engaging in such type of research. MJ, thanks so much for your phone call. We're going to go to TJ next. TJ, you there. Yeah, hi, Pete. You know, Pete, my, my feeling is the biggest threat to the republic is the American people themselves. You know, for a republic to work requires two basic things an informed public, and a uh, practice of personal responsibility. We don't have any of this anymore in America. Over half our people, even if they're educated, are totally uh, uh, ill-informed, and they're making decisions with ill-informed information at the voting booths. How many of our people don't practice personal responsibility? Uh, Nothing's my fault. I'm a victim. Everything is somebody else's fault, not mine. No personal responsibility. I don't see how a republic can stand when you have the populace that has, has these problems. And, and these problems create all the other ones we're talking about. You know, the schools, uh, China, all of these are a result of the American people making poor decisions because they're ill-informed. And, and to me, that's the biggest threat, you know, that will destroy this republic before China or Joe Biden or anybody else will. Uh, TJ, let me ask you a question. Why do you think the American people... Now, I I recall when I was growing up, we had um, civics classes starting, I believe, in first grade. Uh, But I I distinctly remember being uh, in civics classes in third and fourth grade, fifth and sixth grade, and we learned about not just the founding documents, Declaration of Independence, Federalist Papers, Constitution, etc., and the founders, but we learned some eternal verities, universal principles that required individuals, in order to have a functioning republic, to adopt certain habits, traits, um, ways of living your life. What do you think is the cause for, it seems like, I I tend to agree, we've gone off the rails here. What do you think caused all that? Well, you know, you know it and I know it, Pete. What's behind it is the Marxist. You know, I mean, when they've taken over our schools and they stopped teaching this and they started uh, teaching more indoctrination than education, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. But the, the thing that bothers me is you and I have seen it all along. We're exposed to the same fake news, but we've seen it. Why don't the rest of these people see it? Yeah. They're not stupid. I mean, I don't, you know, I have members of my family, okay? Just to give you an example, they totally were in love with Barack Obama. And then all of a sudden, they became uh, uh, Donald Trump supporters. Now, I asked myself, well, wait a minute, how can you do a complete 180 like this? You look at one philosophy and you're all in 100%, and then all of a sudden, you do a flip flop. And I ask myself, well, why didn't you see this 10, 20, 30 years ago? I, I mean, I don't understand it. And, and like I said, uh, they can talk indoctrination all they want, 
But how come you and I weren't indoctrinated? How come Bob France? How come your listeners? We never got indoctrinated, and we're exposed to the same fake news that these other people are. I don't know, Bob. I really, do, I, I really don't. Uh, I'm sorry, Pete. Uh, I, I do believe a lot of these people believe in Marxism. They actually believe in it. They think it's a better way to govern. Uh, they don't like a democracy or republic. They prefer a big government to tell them what to do, when to do, how to do it, and nothing is my fault. I, you know, everything is everybody else's fault, and big daddy government's going to take care of everything. And I think that's what's behind it. They're wrong. You know they're wrong. I know they're wrong. And like in Venezuela, by the time they, they wake up, it's too late. TJ, that was a great response. I think a lot of it goes back to the smallest unit of government, and that's the family. And we've seen a progressive and um, increasing breakdown in the structure of the family. Unwed motherhood is at historic rates, especially in the black community, where 75% or more, in some communities, it's up to 100% of all kids are born out of wedlock. But um, back in the 1960s, Daniel Patrick Moynihan sounded an alarm about this in the black community and was excoriated for it. But consider this. When he was sounding that alarm, the unwed motherhood rate in the black community was at 25%. It's now, as I indicated, in some communities, nearly 100%, and overall it's about 75%. But right now, among whites, it's in excess of where it was for blacks in the 1960s when Daniel Patrick Moynihan was sounding the alarm. Uh, this is a profound threat to the functioning free people. The smallest unit of government is the family. You learn your values from the family. Yes, schools help, churches help, but all of that is a function of supporting the family unit. And I use a standard that uh, for a long time I've called it uh, the Mr. Daling standard, uh, father of my closest friend in childhood, still my closest friend, and he had a high school education, but he understood things in a way that 90% of college-educated people today, and those with masters and PhDs, don't get. He would understand intuitively certain things. He could look at something and understand that somebody was trying to pull a fast one on him, or that certain propositions were clearly unworkable. But these days, TJ, as you indicated, people are swallowing some of the most... Defund the police. When I heard that a year ago, defund the police, I thought to myself... Of all the things I've heard, and I've heard a lot of dumb things, that may be the most insane I've ever heard in public discourse. Yet what happened? Half of our politicians adopted it. Many of our cities defunded the police, and all of us knew what was going to happen. Every single person, every sentient being on the face of the earth understood crime was going to skyrocket, and where where would it skyrocket the most? in the most vulnerable communities, in the black community, which purportedly was the reason why they defunded the police in the first place. Sheer lunacy. But we're, we're being subjected to the most moronic statements, ideologies imaginable, and yet the best educated, allegedly best educated among us, are adopting them wholesale. TJ, thanks very much uh, for your call. We're going to, uh, well, let me do this. We're going to be going to break in just a minute. And then, Jim, if you can hold on, I promise we're going to get to you at the opposite side of this break. We're going to continue to talk about the greatest threat to America 
both in terms of the subject matter, but also in terms of people. Who, which person is the greatest threat to America today? Pete Kirst now substituting for Bob France and the Bob France Authority. Good morning, Cleveland. This is the Bob France Authority. Pete Kersenow substituting for Bob France. We've been talking about what is the biggest threat to America and who is the biggest threat to America, or basically who's the worst person in the world to copy what uh, Keith Olbermann used to do years ago. Please don't take it or hold it against me that I'm copying Keith Olbermann. In this one discreet instance, I thought he had a fairly decent idea. We've been talking about that with a number of people next up and everybody else, hold on, please. I think we're going to be able to get to everybody. Jim, who do you think or what do you think is the biggest threat to America today? Morning. Just to answer the MJ's question, it's in a book called The Truth About COVID-19, Exposing the Great Reset, Lockdowns, Vaccine Passports, and the New Normal by Joseph Mercola. And it also is talked about in Judy Michaelvitz's book called The Plague of Corruption. And this virus is a, is a synthetic bioweapon that was planned to be released long before, So, which tells me that even if Hillary had won that race, they were going to release this thing, okay? Now, the person, I'll clump a couple people together because they're all, uh, they're all together. Clapper, Brennan, Kerry, who served in Vietnam, and Obama who lives in a bunker three blocks down from the Capitol. And I'd like to know what Kerry was doing in uh, a, a very secret base in Antarctica the night of the election, uh, what he was doing down there, okay? Now, on the other side, I think the biggest enemies of the state would be the never-Trumpers, the Bush and Clinton dynasty, the Kasichs, whose father served in the post office for many years, and this thing called the Great Reset. They're going to remove the cash off the market, which is pretty scary. There's too much uh, trading, you know, with the, with the Bitcoins and all that, so they, they want it all digital. So there's, there's another... Uh, I'll throw that wrench into the fire. And thank you for taking my coffee. Jim, thanks very much. Kind of a unified field theory of what's going wrong in America today. Thanks so much for the call. We're going to next go to Lisa. Lisa, are you there? <laughs> yes, I am. Good morning, Peter. Good to hear you on the radio today. Good to hear from you, Lisa. Hey, I am calling. I want to remind our, our listeners and the people that come to McFan that there is not a meeting this Saturday because there's our meetings are not every other Saturday, but rather the second and fourth Saturdays of the month. And May had that wonderful extra weekend <laughs> that I always enjoy so that I get a bigger break in between um, meetings. But tomorrow there's an incredible event in uh, Columbus. They're, they're having a Save Our Schools, Save Our Children rally at the State House. It's from noon to 2, and uh, I'm going to pack up the car and, and load up uh, some friends and, and take off to go to that in the morning. And, and it's just going to be incredible. We've got some great speakers, and one of my favorite 
is John Hagen. He's a member of the State Board of Education, and he will be speaking along with some other great speakers. But uh, uh, June 12th is the next McFan meeting. So that's not this Saturday, but, but the following, and that's at the Thirsty Cowboy. And we'll be having Dan Reginald speak, and he'll be speaking about critical race theory, the Ohio Board of Education lawsuit. Uh, some folks might not know, but uh, he tried to testify about critical race, and they would not let him uh, do live testimony. So right. he is suing the State Board of Education, very important lawsuit. Right. So he'll be speaking on June 12th. And, um, you know, just to get active, because, you know, everything's educational. You're saying, what's the scariest thing, or, or who's the most horrible person? You know, I just keep on thinking our education system. It's not a person, but, my gosh, you know, this is what's really making all these horrible things happen, because people are reacting in weird ways because of what they've been fed through public schools and the media. So um, getting involved in education is so important, and on June 14th, at the Planted Flag Brewery, we also have a parent coalition tour uh, with BEST. BEST is um, uh, affiliated with FreedomWorks, and they are building coalitions across the country um, to learn about critical race theory, school choice, and the fight for education freedom. And this is a free event that's from 6 to 8 o'clock June 14th. Lisa, thanks so much. We appreciate all that information. I'm one of the biggest fans of McFan, no pun intended. Got to have me come out there and speak again. I enjoyed it. It's my favorite activities. And that's all good civic information for those of you who are taking notes. Please note that there's a lot for us to do that Lisa had just described. Uh, If you want to forestall the advancement of, well, lunacy in the country, Please attend a McFan event and some of the other events that Lisa had mentioned. Next, last call before the top of the hour is BJ in Olmst- North Olmsted. BJ, how you doing? Good. Thanks for the call, Pete. Uh, take my call, Pete. What we have forgotten is of the people, by the people, and for the people. We need term limits in this country. We have too many people that are in office over and over and over. I would like to see city council people drafted like they do for jury duty if they don't uh, have people running. And I think we need more of the population and working class people that are helping to run this government instead of political people, uh, lawmakers. Uh, It's the only thing that can save this country. We no longer can defend on the politicians that are in office constantly doing the same thing over and over, like the president and the vice president. We need new blood fresh blood, working-class people blood to run this country. That's the only hope I think we have. BJ, thanks so much for your call. And I think BJ obviously is right about this stuff. The left doesn't sleep. They really don't. And when they have a defeat, they simply see it as a minor setback. They reorganize and they come back at you harder, faster, and sometimes from a different direction, a little bit of misdirection, We, on the other hand, meaning conservatives, by the nature of our philosophy, we tend to be less collective in our approach, whereas the left, collectivism is what they're all about. We look at individual initiatives, and it sometimes puts us at a disadvantage. We don't have the forces, the standing army, if you will, to advance the lunacy that we've been seeing, especially in the last several years. But each one of us individually, we can bind together with our civic groups, as Lisa Woods had just indicated, uh, organizations like McFan and others. 
that I think have extraordinary power and the ability to change the country. We had a little bit of an indication of how that can happen with the Trump surprise of 2016 when people were just fed up and uh, individuals just really threw off the yoke of the mainstream and decided we're going in a different direction. We're Americans. We are going to be individuals. We believe in the United States of America. And you know what, Hillary Clinton, you're not taking us in a Marxist direction. Please hold on. After the top of the hour, we're going to be talking to John Stover of Ohio Value Voters about all manner of lunacy that's occurring in our public schools. It will raise your hair. This is Pete Kirsnow sitting in for Bob France on the Bob France Authority.